great to be here with you again today. It's great to bring God's Word to you this morning. And actually, it's, it's great because I get the privilege of introducing the new series that we're doing on discipleship up until Easter today. Now, um, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but actually the word disciple, according to uh, Oswald Sanders, is the most common word used in the New Testament for a follower of Jesus. It's actually used 269 times, whereas the word Christian is only used three times and the word believer is used twice. Actually, if you're looking for a book for this series or books for this series, I can recommend these books by Oswald Sanders. They should appear on the screen as well. Uh, Spiritual Maturity, Spiritual Discipleship, Spiritual Leadership. Any one of those three are excellent books, and I would uh, wholeheartedly recommend them uh, to you guys to read it. If you're here or you're watching online and you don't know Jesus, I'd encourage you to look at the Gospel of Mark as found in the New Testament. So it will help introduce you to Jesus and how he went about choosing his disciples and what he got them to to do as well. Definitely, that's the the main one to read there. Basically, disciple just simply means a learner or a pupil of someone, or in fact, it could be something as well. Something that someone has an authority over your life that helps shape and guide your life. You're allowing that person to speak into it. And the truth is actually all of us to some degree are disciples of someone or something, whether it be, and actually for some, some of us it can be many things as well, whether it be an a influential person, an authority figure in your life that you uh, admire and respect and allow them to speak into your life, whether it be someone like a celebrity or uh, a famous uh, a person that you think, oh, they were so great and you want to sort of be a bit like them, even if you don't admit it to yourself, sort of subconsciously you know you're being uh, uh, guided uh, by them a little bit. It could be something as changeable as the TV program that you're watching or the magazine or books that you fill your mind with and uh, the characters in there really influence you. And so actually we need to be careful because whatever you choose to watch and to fill your mind with, it does leave an imprint on your mind and begin to shape you and, uh, and shape what you think. That's why Jesus said that the eye is a lamp to the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. And if then the light in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? In other words, what you choose to watch, what you choose to focus your mind on, actually begins to influence you, influence your thoughts, your character. Your eyes, as it says elsewhere, is a gateway to your soul, to to who you are. So be careful what you allow yourself to watch, what you allow yourself to focus on in life. And as I said, in truth, we can have, we can be disciples of many masters in this life. And actually, there can be a sense in which your own pride and your own ego can become your master, or your own pursuit of pleasure and self-gratification. And I tell you, they are selfish masters and make you into not very nice people. So 
Don't allow them to guide you. As we saw last week, and as I said last week, Jesus Christ is the greatest person to have ever lived. He is the Son of God. He is the Lord of all history. All of history, including your life, is supposed to be for him. He's the Lord of all. Therefore, he is totally worthy of all your allegiance. He is completely worthy of you surrendering to him as master and being in total submission to his kingly rule. In fact, it's only right that we as humans do that to our creator, our Lord and our saviour. Jesus is totally deserving of it and it's right that we follow him. And it's actually only our sin, our inbuilt rebellion, if you like, against God that causes us not to do that in the first place, where we wrongly put ourselves first, somehow thinking that we would know better how to live our lives rather than the Creator who loves you. That was the original lie that the devil got to deceive Adam and Eve would in the beginning. Did, did God actually say? Did he actually say those, uh, those things? Well, if he did say that, well, that's not true, is it? That's not true. God's just holding out on you. If you do that, you would actually uh, be happier. You'll, you'll be more satisfied. Don't listen to God. You know what's best for yourself. You know what's right and wrong. And the world, through listening to those lies, plunged itself into chaos and into rebellion. And also, uh, it, uh, uh, since then, that lie has been listened to again and again. And we sometimes plunge our lives into chaos uh, as we follow our rebellious nature. And the truth is, some of you here today are sitting here with some scars on, on you, metaphorically, mainly, I, I hope, maybe some physical uh, I'm missing a tooth because of that. It's a false tooth at the front there. Uh, because of other people's choices and uh, of negatively impacting your life. Don't be too proud to recognize that trait within your own heart, that natural rebellion towards God. It's there in all of us. Oswald Sanders says in his book, Spiritual Maturity, Satan fell through pride. Adam and Eve fell through pride. You and I fall through pride. The desire to be the master of our own lives, to be independent from God. Pride is characterized by independence from God rather than being dependent on God, which is what we're all called to be. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ is not only the Lord of all, he is the Savior of the world as well. And that's why he came. That's why he came to live that perfect life amongst us, never doing anything wrong, always listening to God's advice, fully pleasing his Father, and then choosing to die on that cross for you and for me, for those of us who, for the sins of the world, for all who have rebelled against God, who have spat in his face, if you like, who have spurned their Creator and gone after their own desires. And Jesus died on the cross to take on himself all that wickedness, all that rebellion against the one who made and created the world. All that rebellion that, if you're honest, is not just out there, it's in our own hearts, it's in our own minds from time to time as well, daily, in, 
in fact. And Jesus died so that all who turn to him, all who put their trust in him and surrender to him can be forgiven, can be made right before God, can be set free and have all that has been lost through our rebellion be restored to them and more through God's grace, through his favour towards you and his favour towards me. You see, he doesn't want you and I to choose momentary pleasure over the eternal joy that he has for you and that he has for me. And if you've never given your life to Jesus, if you're here today and you've not surrendered to him or you know you have and you've walked away, or if you're watching online and you're in that place, then just pray this prayer in your heart of surrender to God if you want to get right with God now. He knows what you're thinking. Just pray this prayer in your heart of surrender to him. Heavenly Father, thank you that you loved me enough to send Jesus to die on the cross for me. Please forgive me of living life my way and not living for you. And through the power of your spirit that raised Jesus to life, please help me live the rest of my life for you. Make me your child, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you're here today and you prayed that prayer, please come and speak to me afterwards. I'd love to give you one of these leaflets and chat to you more about that. If you're watching online, please contact the office. We'd love to uh, get to know you and help you on your Christian walk a bit, a bit further. Um, but the truth is, my friends, God never was holding out on us. He was just allowing us to be tested to see would we trust and obey the one who holds our very next breath or would we go after our own desires. And fundamentally, that is what discipleship is. Do we trust and obey what God has for us? Do we hold on to what he says above what we think, above our own desires as well. And that is what Jesus, through the power of the Spirit, when you've given your life to him, and if you've done that this morning, then that's, that's true for you too. The Spirit will now help you to be obedient to what God has recorded, uh, what God has said to us for all time, recorded in his word, the Bible, and what God, through the Holy Spirit, in real time, speaks into your life as well. God gives you the power to be obedient to him. You see, disciples are ultimately and first and foremostly surrendered to Jesus. That's what we're called to be, surrendered to him. Sanders says in his book, Spiritual Discipleship, making Christ your Lord means full submission to his authority. Full submission, not partial it means recognition of his ownership of your life. It means unquestioning obedience. And just to make it clear, he says submission means a complete surrender of our rights to God. We put him first. We surrender ourselves to him. Jesus says this in Mark chapter 8. I'm going to spend the rest of the time in here. You'll know these verses. It says this in Mark chapter 8. And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone would come after me, 
Let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel's will save it. Apparently that was an early church mantra when they were going through difficult times. For, for Christ and for the gospel, because of these verses here. Whoever will lose his life for my sake and the gospel will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can man give in return for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in glory, in the glory of his Father, with his holy angels. Stark words to us this morning. To be a disciple of Jesus starts with us denying ourselves, your wants, your desires, your ambitions, your hopes and plans, and surrendering them into his loving hands and following him. It's about following what he has to say. Just to uh, demonstrate this, I'm going to need two volunteers. Can I have two volunteers here this morning? Oh, Tom and Sarah are pointing at each other. So there you go. There you go. Tom and Sarah, come up. How lovely. Tom, I'm going to blindfold you. Make sure it's nice and tight so you can know cheating. Can you see? No. No. Good. Good. Right. Now, it's very important. You're, the only person you're to listen to is your wife. Okay? Oh. <laughs> oh, you, you need to do what she tells you to do. We're going to see how much like Jesus she is in what she does in a minute. I need to put some obstacles in your way. Basically, you need to go... Oh, hello. <laughs> no, turn around this way. Turn around this way. You're going to need to walk from this side over to this side, but there's going to be some obstacles in your way, and so Sarah is going to guide you. Remember, only listen to Sarah. One, one second, I just need to put the obstacles in the way. Now, Sarah, resist the temptation to just make Tom fall over these things. But, uh, uh, okay, now only listen to Sarah. Remember, she's, she represents Jesus here, so you can guide him. Left is that way, right is towards the stage. Okay, side step, left. Don't listen to her, she's just telling you rubbish. She doesn't want you, she's, she's making you miss out. She's, she's making you miss out, no, no. Well, I told you she can't be trusted, don't listen to her. Oh, do you want to take the mask off the sex hair apparently? Oh, the microphone's not on. Ah, no, oh, there's no power on it, that's why. Uh, let's borrow this microphone. Okay. Follow your nose straight one step. She's that's not you quite again. straight. Square trusted. your hips. Don't, don't listen to her. <laughs> Go straight another step. She's like, I don't need to one it's more. Music, isn't it, really? Stop, stop, too far, too far. Shimmy back, <laughs> shimmy back. Side step left, Ooh, straight, 
and a, and a mini and a mini straight, like Straighten little little you straight. Miss out, Tom. Don't half a step. Oh, oh, another half a step. No, you know best. You know another half a step. Simmons, stop. Go <laughs> side step right. Excellent. Well done. Let's give him a round of applause. There you go. You can finish these uh, off. There's only one one for each of you. I've been there several weeks, so you might yeah, feel, feel honoured. Felt like you got a little insight into their marriage there, didn't you, really? <laughs> Simmons, what are you doing? <laughs> but you see, the truth is, that is an illustration of what discipleship is. We're supposed to listen to Jesus, and yet there's all these other competing voices telling us to go this way, don't listen to him, he doesn't know best, you know best. And yet... We're called as followers of Jesus to surrender to him, to follow his lead in life. Because he actually has the best for you. Society teaches you that if you, you, know, if you want to be truly happy, you should follow your own desires, your own wants. You get what you, what you want and that will make you truly happy in doing what you want. However, famous actor Jim Carrey once said, I wish everyone could get rich and famous and have everything they ever dreamed of so they can see that that is not the answer. Famous singer Freddie Mercury, in an interview just before he died, said, you can have everything in the world, which he did materially speaking, you can have everything in the world and still be the loneliest man in the world. And that is the most bitter type of loneliness. For only they listen to Jesus who says, What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and yet forfeits his soul? My friends, as you deny yourself for Christ's sake and for the gospel's sake, surrendering to him, and listening to him, obeying him above your wants, above your desires, above what the world tells you is the best thing for you, you discover that God has the best thing for you all along. Jesus is the bread of life. He's the one who truly satisfies your soul. Jesus is the light of the world. He is the one who will guide you through this life, through the darkest times in life. Jesus is the doorway to a relationship with God, the most satisfying relationship that you ever could have. Jesus is the good shepherd. He will lead your life better than you could choose to yourself. Jesus is the true vine. He will make your life more fruitful than you ever could make your life. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. He will give you a hope that goes beyond the grave into life eternal. He won't, he won't cause you to lose your soul, but he will save your soul eternal, eternally. My friends, don't let the temporary pleasures of this world and the lure of this world distract you from the eternal joy that God has for you as you listen to him. If God says no to something, it's for your good. If God says do something or go somewhere, it's because he has eternal rewards for you as 
you do those things. Disciples of Jesus are surrendered to him. They listen to him. They follow him. You deny yourself and follow Jesus. Don't let the ever-changeable and fleeting emotions that we have or desires of our heart distract you from the eternal treasures that God has for you. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? You can, you can go on to the next slide and the next if you want. For what can a man give in return for his soul? The answer, of course, being were the whole realm of nature yours? That is an offering far too small. Only Jesus can save you. Only Jesus, death on the cross. And that leads me to the second part of surrendering to God, where Jesus says it's not just denying yourself, it's taking up your cross and following him. It's not talking about carrying a physical cross around us some have done in the past. It's not talking about the cross of Christ, which was a one-off sacrifice where he gave himself. Courtesy of the Romans, the image of a cross was the image of death and persecution, which was familiar in the people's minds. So it's not just about denying yourself. It's actually about dying to yourself as you choose to live for God and accepting the fact that you will face hostility. You will face persecution as you do that. You see, that's why Jesus goes on to say about losing your life for his sake and for the sake of the gospel. For in this life, whilst you would experience all those blessings of knowing Jesus, as, I, as I've just listed some of them there, Jesus is also very upfront with us, isn't he? He says, actually, you're going to have to take up your cross and follow him. Actually, it's going to be hard this side of eternity. There's going to be some difficulties that come your way. You're going to have to put to death, for example, your sinful nature within you that's naturally rebellious against God. That's what the theologians, if you like, call mortification. So that you put that to death so that you're free in order to be set apart for God and to live for God and the good works that he has for you. That is sanctification. That's what the word means, set apart for God. And as you live for Jesus, and all that's, if you like, part of denying yourself, but as you live for Jesus, the Spirit of God in you and through you will challenge the people around you and begin to highlight in them the sinful nature that's in them. And people don't tend to like that too much, do they? They don't really like that. Jesus makes it clear in John 15 that actually the world will end up hating you as you live for him. He says that if the world persecuted him, they're going to persecute you as well. Surrendering to Jesus, my friends, means taking up your cross and being willing to take up your cross. I like in Luke's version, it says, take up your cross daily and follow him. Jesus is clear that people will ridicule you, speak all kinds of evil against you 
because of him. They may exclude you from certain friendship groups, kick you out of certain social media chats and those sorts of things because you're living for Jesus. Jesus warns us about it, and that's why he actually goes on to say about not being ashamed of him in this wicked and sinful generation. There's an audience that we as Christians are called to please, and that is the audience of our heavenly Father and his heavenly hosts who are cheering you on as you take up your cross and follow him. Do you know, sadly, some people never do that because even though they kind of know that Jesus is true, they're worried about what other people think. What will my, what will my friends think? What will my family think? What will my partner think? What will that person think of me if I choose to live for God. My friends, the only opinion that matters is what does God think about you? The truth is, we will face hardship. We will face difficulties. But as you do that for Jesus, the Bible says that you're earning eternal rewards for living for Jesus here and now. He has eternal good for you, Plaid. As you step out, he will bless you for, uh, because of that. Amen? Amen. He will. He will. But also, also, as you do that, that's often the time that you know the Holy Spirit's pleasure on your life the most. It's, a, it's an interesting thing. You see the disciples, when they were persecuted that first time by the Jewish authorities and they were beaten for Jesus, they came out rejoicing. They came out full of joy the passage says, because the Holy Spirit was on them and they, they just knew the joy of God's favor on them, that they had been mistreated because of Jesus. And actually, many Christians through the ages, even some people in this room, if you were to ask them, can give the testimony of that strange sense of God's pleasure on you as you're standing up for him and yet you're facing hostility from the world because of Jesus. So don't let that stop you, because you will know God's pleasure on you as you do it. For some of you in this room, part of taking up your cross and following Jesus is holding on to God and staying faithful to him and trusting him, not listening to the voice of the devil, when you're having to go through and having to live with physical ailments or illnesses or disabilities when you're holding on to God through personal tragedy and it's it's hard when you're single and you really would like to be married when you're married and you'd like to be single no no I don't know <laughs> when you're married and actually the person that you've married is no longer the person that they were. They, they've had a change of heart, and actually that's very difficult. Or maybe actually you've had a change of heart, and God's saved you, and now it's put some tension in your marriage. And for whatever reason, God, in his sovereignty, has not brought healing to your body in this situation. He's not brought healing to your mind. He's not changed the circumstances that you find yourself in. He's not changed the heart of your partner or or the work colleagues that you're having to deal with. And my friends, actually often these are some of the most difficult crosses that we have to carry in life, where we have to trust 
God. Go to him in prayer for him to change those things, definitely. But in the meantime, where he's not, we have to, like the Apostle Paul, know that God is saying, my grace is sufficient for you, but my power is made perfect in weakness. And it's in heaven that you will receive a rich reward for trusting him in those difficult situations. He will reward you because Romans 8 verse 18 makes it very clear. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is revealed to us. To be a disciple of Jesus, my friends, is to be surrendered to him. To be able to say, your kingdom come, Lord. Your will be done, not my will. And trust him whatever he brings our way or whatever we're having to live with. Pastor Rick Warren, in his famous book, A Purpose Driven Life, which is the best-selling book in the world apart from the Bible, uh, he says this, victory comes through surrender. And he's talking about surrender to God there. We don't often think of victory as linked to surrender. Victory comes through surrender. Surrender doesn't weaken you, it strengthens you. Surrendered to God, you don't have to fear or surrender to anything else in life. Hallelujah. If you surrender yourself to God and his will, you know that you are safe in his hands. And all that comes your way, all that you have to go through, is something, he's got a plan and a purpose in it. So you don't have to surrender to anything else. My friends, God will lead your life better than you ever could. God has the best for you. Don't listen to the lie of the devil or the world around us. Trust him. Listen to him. Surrender to him. He's not only worthy of this, but he, he, he as I say, he will reward you as you follow him. He loves you more than you love yourself. Disciples of Jesus are surrendered to him. So let's surrender ourselves afresh to him now, shall we? I invite the band back up because the worship team is going to lead us in, in a song in a minute. But just can I invite you to stand if you're able to? And just to put out your hands before God. So I said that passage in Luke says to daily deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow him. Let's just surrender ourselves afresh. So God, just quietly, before God now in your own heart, just, just say, God, I trust you. God, I, I surrender myself to you all. I want to live for you. Your will be done in my life. I'm just gonna, if there's areas you know that you're struggling with, that you, you really want this, and God's saying no, just lay them down before him now. Holy Spirit, come. Come and have your way in each one of us, I pray. Lord God, thank you that you have the best for each person in this room, whether they know you or not, in fact, Lord God. Actually, if they surrendered to you, Lord God, then they don't have to surrender to anything else in life. If they live for you, Lord God, they can be confident that you have the best for them and that you will lead them in the best way through this life into eternal life. Lord, help us to be a surrendered people to you, Lord Jesus, as our master, as our king. Lord God, we, we offer you our lives, Lord. We surrender to you 
our lives afresh. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.